on 2SM and the Super Network. High tide. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. Only we are heading for tops in the low 20s today as winter is just around the corner, Mr Blake. It is just around the corner and if you're not going boating today, you could go out to the Complete Angler. And get a wide range of, of product to upgrade get a long your rod. gear. Get a long get, rod. Get a long rod. Just up from the car, no set. <laughs> Let's go to Mike Latimer. Morning, Mike. How are we, gentlemen? We're good. That is good, mate. That is good. Bit of rain this weekend, which is different. But it's, well, don't worry, it, it clears on Monday. They uh, don't. Well, that, uh, you won't get much today. They've downgraded it from 60 mil to 5 mil. Oh, that's all right then. So there yeah. you go. There's a little window of opportunity there. Just right. a little, yes. Yeah, but look... Fishing's still been really good. Like, it's funny this time of year because everyone, because obviously the air temperature drops down and, you know, it feels very wintry, but uh, the water temp's still very, very warm and there's just so much activity around. It's still some of the best time of year to fish. Um, and, and the fish are doing a lot of different stuff as well, too. They're getting ready for spawning, and some fish are, and they're patting up a little bit as well, too. So, um, yeah, fishing in general has been still really, really strong at the moment. So. Yeah. If you're thinking about going out for a fish, definitely get out there because it's been excellent. So, and, and for certain stuff, this rain is just perfect because we've had. Uh, it's actually interesting. The drewfish reports have been really solid over the last couple of weeks. Um, we've had a lot of the mullets starting to run out to sea, and there tends to be a bit of a trigger for the dewies. Um, so already it's been really good, and we've got the load up to the full moon as well too. So we've got the bigger tides, which is just ideal. Um, and now we've had this little bit of rain as well, which is just going to be just like the icing of the cake. So I think we're going to have some really good dew reports over the next couple of days, and yeah. probably you know at least um, you know cause at least all next week, I think anyway. Um, and particularly for the shore-based guys, particularly in places like in the Parramatta River, which has already been fishing really well, I think they'll concentrate on that a little bit more. Places like the Georges, you know, the mouth of the Cooks River, obviously the mouth of the Georges, them type of areas, they're all in pinch points where you're getting a lot of this fresh water that's pushing, again, all that mullet out to sea. It's going to be great. It's going to be really good. Uh, Hawkesbury's going to be fantastic. So, as I said, we've already had really good reports, so it's going to be really strong. And, and don't forget the beaches, too. The beaches have been fishing really well for the Jews, too. So, um, yeah, I think it's been really good. In general, estuaries have been still very strong. Like, we've had all that plagic action, which I was talking about last week, that's pushed right up river, which is really cool. You know, you're fishing for broom and you're catching bonito. Like, it's just really weird. Um, so that's still been happening. It's, it's probably quite down a little bit with that rain, uh, particularly in the upper reaches. But that'll just push down to the main body, the harbour in particular, and obviously in botany as well. Um, and just bread and butter stuff, like the brimming has been really good. We've had a really good season for brim. There's just so many fish in that 35 centimetre size. Uh, it's been real common. And the flatties have just been so solid this year, like that many good-sized flathead as well. So particularly the lure guys have been doing really well with the flatties um, and just one of the perfect fish to target. So, And that's all the estuaries. It's been fantastic. Um, obviously, you might have heard about that long tail that was caught in Yawi Bay as well, too, on Anzac Day, which was pretty unique. Yes. I don't think we've just seen one of them for a while in, in, in that far up, upstream as well, so that's pretty cool. Um, Headtail reports have still been really strong. They've probably gone up a gear again. Um, I have had a couple of customers show me some fibers, which are like proper hairtail, you know, all season. They've all been all year, but just them bigger fish are starting to move through, so that's a really interesting one. And the guys have been able to get them from the shore too. Like a, a lot of the times with the Hawkesbury in particular for the hair tail, it's very much a boat-based spot. But um, I have to admit, the water reports coming up from Akuna Bay, so and there's some good shore-based spots that you can do there as well. So that gives them guys a bit of an opportunity. 
Um, and they have been catching a lot of jewfish as a bit of a bycatch too. So as I said, I think they'll probably pick up again. Um, same with squid too. Squid's been really good. Um, we've, we've had a really poor season last year before the rain, but this year there's just tons of squid around. Um, it's been really consistent in all the systems. Um, pit water's been great. Manly, you know, the hacking, all them clear areas have been fishing really well. And there have been them really big southern calamaris too. So, you know, they're, they're good for bait, but they're also awesome to eat as well. So that's been really good for them guys. Um, the beaches have been really strong. Lots of reports, like the Taylor run's been really good. Uh, there's been some mixed up amongst them, but everyone's been just talking about the Taylor. So they've been really decent size. They've been like that 40 centimetre type of size. has been pretty standard for them. And again, those are reports from Wollongong. But more than Wollongong beaches are fishing really well at the moment. Um, still getting reports of Melbourne beaches, but generally where I'm, I get most reports from is down south. But there's been still great reports up north as well. I think all across that Sydney area has been really strong. And, of course, there's plenty of mullet along the beaches at the moment as well, so there's lots of predators. So then jewfish, it's a really good time to catch a good dewy at the moment. So uh, keep that in mind. Same with the rocks, too. The, the rocks have been very similar to the report. Um, a few more really fish have been getting caught as well, and obviously the bonito as well. So um, rocks have been really good. Um, and offshore has still been amazing. Like the east, the, the current is still pushed in closer. Like last week, it was amazing. Um Lots of reports, and obviously the dolphin fish reports are still super strong, um, and some absolute crackers getting caught, like quite a few fish over that metre mark, which is really nice to see. Um, the yellow's going to be now at the back of Brown's Mound, that southeast corner. They've been pretty consistent there. They've been that 30 to 40 kilo size fish. Uh, it's been uh, marlin as well. It's been just so impressive, that side of things. Um, and obviously the reefs have been really good too. They've been starting to get the snapping reports, and, and even just moeys and buddies and still track as well. So it's all been really, really strong at the moment, guys, the report. So, yeah, no excuse. Just put on the rain jacket, get out there and enjoy it. Okay. And otherwise go out of complete angler? Yeah, that's it. So and, uh, we've got two great locations. One obviously right in the heart of the city in George Street on the third floor. Uh, go up there and you'll, you'll get in trouble in that little store. And obviously we've got the biggest store out at Village down from the Macarna Satellites just on Woodford Road. So come on down and have a look. And obviously you've got a big range of tackle, but obviously the advice is or two to put you in the right direction. Okay, thanks, Mike. Have a great day. Right, yeah. <laughs> just before we go to the break, Kieran? Yes. Just checking. High tide, 12 after 6. Talking Sport has Sydney talking. Hello, boy. Come oh, hang on a sec. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the smoke had gone upstairs, you know, and uh, yeah. when he got to my son's bedroom, got all St George stuff up there, yeah. and um, he looks at the stuff, he turns around, he was with another guy, and he goes, you're John. Oh, it was just so funny. You know, my wife goes, oh, my God. Your show's popular, boy. Infamous. <laughs> you're famous, mate. Weekdays from three. After you to be my MC at my wedding, Dolphin House of Are you interested? Well, I... I, I, I <laughs> I can't, I can't answer anything I don't have, Al. Look, as, uh, as Graham's representative, you'll need to put all of that in writing. <laughs> talking Sports has Sydney talking. How close is this rugby league competition going to be this year? I'm just enthralled by it, actually. I mean, who would have thought that the Warriors and the Dolphins would start the way they did? It's bizarre. The way the comp is, it's just unbelievable, you know? Talking Sport, weekdays from three. Well, a couple of days of food and wine and entertainment. Uh, it's all there for you to enjoy. Outdoors in Pirama Park, Piermont, on uh, Saturday, May 6th and Sunday, May 7th. It's the 11th anniversary of the Piermont Food and Wine Festival. 
you can sample, you can buy wines from some of the finest winemakers in the regional areas of New South Wales, places like Orange, where they make beautiful wine. Uh, and there's Mudgee wine. Hunter Valley wines are all lovely. You can feast on oysters at the Oyster Bar from the Sydney Fish Market and delicious hot food from your favourite Sydney food vendors. There'll be craft breweries and uh, distilleries and admissions, nothing, free. The Piermont Food and Wine Festival, got it? For more information, you simply go to piermontfestival.com.au piermontfestival, one word, .com.au or just show up on Saturday, May 6th or Sunday, May 7th to Parama Park, Piermont, overlooking Sydney Harbour. Are you building a new home? Well, there's a more affordable way with a PAL Kit Home, Australia's most experienced and trusted kit home supplier for more than 50 years. You can become an owner-builder and manage the building of your own home. PAL guarantee that you can do it even without prior building experience. Find out how you can build your very own home. Go to PAL, that's P-A-L, kithomes.com.au or you can phone them on 1-800-024-912. With more and more people preferring to shop online these days, a new website from List Designs can help you harness the potential of these customers. List Designs will create a website that's affordable, functional and looks fantastic. Mention 2SM and get a new HTML or WordPress 10-page website tailor-made for your specific requirements from just $600. Go to listigns.com.au or call List Designs on 0400042492. Listen to 2SM online, 2smsupernetwork.com. More of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. If only I could go. 15 after 6. Just looking across at the weather uh, forecast for offshore. And Blakey, you could see I was just about to do it uh, do it again. But yeah. every time I do it, they update it and change it and yeah, downgrade right. it. So I'm just going to I'm just gonna shut up. Leave it alone. Let's go to Melinda Pavey. I want to find out if she had a Bonza time up in the Sunshine Coast. Good morning, Mel. I did, because as you know, Blake, if you're getting behind that headland, you, you miss the southerly wind. That's it. So it was um, it was pretty special with all that surf and just bringing back memories of some really nice family holidays and the surf life-saving Aussie championships up there on the Sunshine Coast has been two over the years. So it was really, really good. Ah, good. Good to see. What else has been happening up there? Well, we've just been through, we've had the Warhope show up this way, we've had the Kempsey show, and we had the Maxwell show last weekend, so a big part of the show circuit done, and in a couple of weeks we'll have the Bellingham show. Um, but talking about boat ramps earlier today, I heard you fellas, um, walk past the, there's two boat ramps across from us on the Kalang River, and yesterday those boat ramps were chocker full of boats, Good. and happy fishermen. And just, you know, just listening to that report um, before I came on, you know, you cast your mind back to five years ago when there was just drought everywhere and yes. there was no fishies for anyone to catch. That's right. It's nice to be able to remember what plenty there is right at this very moment. But yeah. I do have a confession. I have still not haven't had enough time to go and put a line out. And I've lived, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm 100 metres or something away <laughs> from, a, from a jetty and, uh, and, a, and a river. But my dad went out the other day. He got a beautiful fish. Didn't to, it was so heavy. It was so big, and he fought it all the way. And this is just across the road from our house. And um, anyway, that darn fish got under the oyster. <laughs> under the oyster bed, 
and um, we didn't never find out what it was. Uh, it's the fun of it anyway. Yeah, but that was um, that was a really you know good uh, good report by PJ before. Yeah, writing down what you learn when you're not catching is is the most important things that you can do. Well, Gabriel um, used to be exactly the same. I had a, a um, going back years and years and years, his diary. And you look at because it is cyclic what happens and what goes on. Yeah, well, there's a good moon at the moment, this Easter moon, and the, and you know the fish are about, and the tides aren't too enormous. It's just been lovely. I've you know, whilst I'm not out there fishing, I'm I'm out there enjoying the water and you know watching the dolphins as I walk along um, Third Headland and Hungry Head Beach. It is quite an extraordinary place up here, and. I do promise I'm going to catch up with Laurie McAnally. I'm going to drive down and catch up with him and Jules in the next week or so because I do want to go down and spend some time with him. Wait till he gets some crabs in. <laughs> well, we're at the end of the crab season now, aren't we? At the end of April. That's right. Well, you've got to have an hour in the month to catch crabs. Yeah, and that's the best time to have your oysters too, isn't it? It is. Well, actually, next weekend, if you've got nothing to do, the oyster festival's on down at Naruma. <sighs> um, yeah, it's too cold, that water down there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, what have you been up to, Blakey? Oh, not a great deal. I, I was uh, had the races on last weekend, and then we ducked down to Weedon during the week. So uh, we Flew down nice. to Weedon for a feed, went to the races for a feed. Yeah, <laughs> now we're on a diet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I had to leave here this week and go down to Sydney and Canberra for some meetings and stuff. Oh, my God. I just couldn't wait to get home. Just yes. could not wait to get home. Yeah, that's good. Oh, well. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we're going to go. We're a bit tight this morning. but oh, well, uh, that's good. That's good. More interesting people on. All right. Cheers. <laughs> we're going to speak to Bertie. <laughs> hey, Blakey, I just want to ask you as we say goodbye to Melinda and thank her yeah. for her time. I just want to ask you, with these cycles that we were talking about with PJ, etc., et yeah. what about climate change? Yeah. Next question. Get the gaff. If you like golf, you'll love Twin Creeks Golf and Country Club at Ludnam. Located just 45 minutes west of the Sydney CBD and 15 minutes from Parramatta and Penrith, Twin Creeks boasts an immaculate and challenging 18-hole par 72 championship layout. To book in for a game you'll really enjoy, go to the website twincreeksgolf.com.au or call the friendly, helpful staff at Twin Creeks Golf and Country Club on 9670 9670-8888. Inflation has hit 7.8%. Interest rates have increased by another 0.25%. Let's focus on the number one. One is powerful. One act of kindness can produce a flood of joyful tears. And one dollar means two meals for someone doing it tough. Donate at foodbank.org.au. One dollar donated is two meals created. Donate at foodbank.org.au Whether you dream of winning a Commonwealth Games gold medal or three, like the Australian Jackaroos, or you're just searching for your next social competitive sport that could make you a local legend, the skills you've honed over a lifetime of playing sport will make you a legend on the bowls green. And that green is just up the road. Bowls. Local legends wanted. Find a club near you. Visit bowls.com.au and click on Find a Club. 
For the management of pain and inflammation associated with osteo and other mild forms of arthritis, try Stiff Sore and Sorry Pain Relief Gel. Always read the label, use only as directed, and if symptoms persist, see your healthcare professional. Look for Stiff Sore and Sorry Pain Relief Gel at pharmacies and health food stores everywhere. To find the location of your nearest Stiff Sore and Sorry stockers, go to loveoilcollection.com.au or phone Ray on 040-6671-359. The seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Unlike any other SUV in Australia, the unrivaled Kia Sorento is available in diesel, petrol, hybrid and plug-in hybrid technologies. The Kia Sorento, awarded and unmatched like no other seven-seat SUV. To find out more, visit kia.com.au or visit your nearest Kia dealer. Kia, movement that inspires. Recently retired and want to give back to the community? Looking to contribute to a worthwhile cause? Join View Clubs of Australia, a friendly women's network in your local community. View supports the Smith family to help Australian children in need break the cycle of poverty. Become a member today. Call 1-800-805-366 or go to view.org.au. This is 2SM Sydney. More of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. If only I... 23 after 6 here on High Tide. Kieran, are you still with us? I am still here. Nice yes. to hear, my I friend. I'm just interested in Melinda Pavey. Still hasn't caught a fish. Still has still not tried. I think her dad might have to take the strap to her. It's almost contemptuous, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Now, yes. Kira, we're, we're going to catch up. We're hoping to catch up with Paul Bird. He's just not available at the moment. So we're going to jump into this. Um, I don't even know how to introduce this, to be honest with you, Kieran. You know all about it. I um, was sitting on Facebook, and I just before Christmas, watching a guy sail out of Pittwater, and he was heading off to Hamilton Island to catch up with a, a couple of friends, or up, up that way, up the north coast. Well, about three months later, he came back into town. And um, yeah, he just he popped back into town at the, the after 101 days away from when he was supposed to turn up to work. So I thought we should catch up with him and have a bit of a chat um, about his tour and and why he ended up spending so much time away. This is how it started when I saw it on Facebook. See you later, Pitwater. Stephen King is out of here. Um, you'll like this. The uh, wind forecasts are all totally wrong. I've got it dead on the nose. No forecast model I've looked at shows that. So, lo- loving that. Anyway, I'm having a lovely time. We'll see you in, I don't know, three weeks or so. Boo-boo. And so began a journey that would last a lot longer than three weeks. With the original intention of turning north from Sydney and heading up to meet friends, the winds weren't favourable. So Stephen King decided to do something a little bit different, to check something off on his bucket list, something he had tried once before but had failed. Stephen was a member of a Facebook community that I was involved with. 
He wasn't somebody I knew, but his story has inspired me, as it will inspire you. That urge we all have to just chuck away society, to get out on the water, to enjoy it for what it is, to live, to learn to the maximum, to challenge oneself. Stephen ended up circumnavigating Tasmania, up the west coast, some of the most isolated land in Australia. But in order to find out what makes this man tick, we need to go back in time and find out where the sailing adventure began for him. Sailing or boating? Because I actually started boating before I could walk. My parents used to row out to the uh, boat while I was still in a bassinet, um, but didn't actually start sailing and buy a boat till I was 36. I'm, I'm now 42. So you started very, very young. What sort of boat did they have? Uh, I grew up mostly around uh, motor cruisers. Uh, my dad owned like Mariner Paces, you know, around 26-foot motor cruisers. And I think the biggest he ever had was a 31-foot motor cruiser. But he did actually take me for offshore runs, just hops between uh, Pitwater and Sydney Harbour when I, when I was about eight. So I was out there with my head in an ice cream bucket, throwing up at eight years old. <laughs> and what made you? Uh, what made you step across to the dark side of sail? The dark side of sailing, um, doing long offshore uh, single-handed hops. Um, always been a particularly adventurous guy. I've um, I've done a lot of long-distance hiking. Um, I've, I've done the Bibbleman end-to-end, the Australian Alps walking trail end-to-end, uh, a bit of mountaineering. Um, I just wanted to be sort of an all-rounded adventurer. And g- given the area I live, s- sailing seems to have just come come to the forefront in my life. So what type of boat do you have now? I've got a Cavalier 32 that I've uh, completely rebuilt myself over the last uh, probably six, six and a half years. Uh, it was an old clunker 1982 model boat when I bought it. Every, everything on it's 40 years old. And sure enough, it's just needed a brand new everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's a very, very solid sea boat. Yeah, it's a blue water boat. Um, I've, I've been very, it's a very good platform for me. I find it to be very well balanced. Um, it's a great single handers boat. You can get it in and out of tight spots. You can race it around the cans on a Wednesday night doing twilights with your mates, as well as you can do big offshore hops in it. So for me, it just fits in that nice middle zone where it can do a bit of everything really well. It, it's not the fastest boat out there, but tell you what, when you got three to four metres of short and sharp sea state on you, um, yeah, it's, it's going fast enough. Yeah, there's more to life than just speed. Now, this venture you've just come back from, you were you decided to head out of Pitwater and turn north. You ended up turning south. How did that come about? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I was supposed to go on a three-week trip to Lord Howe Island, and I was even meeting another boat or two with other mates uh, out there. Uh, the weather forecast that day said it was supposed to be blowing due north, uh, which would have given me about a 60-degree sailing angle to Lord Howe Island, and I went out the heads, and it was blowing due east, so... Went under motor for a couple of hours, and I was like, oh, bugger this, I want to sail. 
So I put the sails up, started running hard as I could to the wind. I'm still pointing to New Zealand. I did that for a couple of hours, and I was like, oh, bugger this. I started looking at the GPS, and I was like, oh, I could come off the wind and be in Jervis Bay by four in the morning. Yeah, that, that sounds a bit more like me. <laughs> uh, then hit, hit Jervis Bay, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll go to Gibbs Land Lakes. That'll, that'll do, because, you know, nor'easters at that time of the year. It was sort of Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Uh, and then I was like, well, I've always wanted to circumnavigate Tasmania single-handed. Um, I don't have a really important job at the moment. Oh, I've got a couple of bucks in my pocket. Yeah, I reckon I can make this work. I so, love it. Uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah, just, just, just winged it. And, um, yeah, um, here I am three and a half months later and I've just got back. Yeah, yeah, that three-week venture turned into months. Now, you did try and circumnavigate Tasmania before, but that didn't eventuate. What happened there? I was relatively new to sailing. Like, I'd done um, a few offshore hops, like, you know, Pitwater to Nelson's Bay, uh, Pitwater to Sydney Harbour, even been as far as Jervis Bay. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've done a few few miles. I, I know what I'm doing. I've been around boats. Um then I went to, once I got sort of, things really start to heat up once you get south of Gabo Island. Uh, then once I got down around Bass Strait, yeah, I wasn't really prepared for what you get down there. And the boat was old and run down, you know, 40-year-old motor, you know, sails are probably 20 years old. And I spent the whole time so stressed and scared from big sea states and things going wrong on the boat all the time. I, I didn't even have a starter motor at the time. I was so keen to go. Um, the old Book DV20 that I had at the time, you could still actually hand crank the motor. Uh, so I was hand cranking my motor all the way around Tasmania. And I got to about Hobart and I was like, and everyone was warning me about the West Coast and how sketchy it can be there. And I, I thought better of it and slinked my way back up the East Coast of Tassie and, and came back to Sydney. And I always vowed, I like to finish things. Yeah. I always vowed that I would go back and, and finish what I started. And it, it took a little longer than I expected. I didn't think it would be six years. Um, just, you know. COVID and rain and everything has its way of mucking up all your plans and slowing things down. And I guess that's that's just why I went this time. It's like, a, you know, I went out the heads. Uh, Lord Howe Island wasn't going to happen. I'm like, well, the boat's supplied. The boat's good. I've got a brand new motor. I've got a brand new rig. I've got brand new sails. And I'm like, just, just go. Just, just go. go. What a, an unbelievable, uh, gutsy thing to do. Now, I remember uh, chatting with you on Facebook. Uh, that you just got past Gabo Island, and you said that that was the most horrendous thing you had, you'd ever been through. What was it like down there? Take us back to that moment. Yeah, Gabo Island has its way of being like a pressure valve on the wind. Um, kind of like, uh, imagine wind like a water coming out of hose and Gabo Island is just pressing your finger on it and creating a whole heap of extra pressure. Um, I came around the side of Gabo Island and she just whipped up to about 35 knots. Um, yeah, 
Uh, once you start sustaining 35 knots, because we're not really used to getting that around pit water where it sustains <laughs> 35 knots. Um, yeah. yeah, you've certainly got your hands full in a, in a small boat uh, by yourself. What were the seas like at the time? Were they big? It was, it was blowing in nor'easter, so by the time you sort of get around the corner of Gabo Island, you kind of got a bit of a lee. You're in the lee of the land, so there's not much fetch to actually build up much of a sea state. Uh, I certainly saw some more interesting sea states further south. Uh, but, yeah, at that time, just, yeah, a lot of pressure, but not a lot of sea state. And one of the benefits of being a cruiser as opposed to a racer is that we can pick our weather windows, whereas racers tend to have to go when the, when the gun fires. Um, so you're obviously paying a great deal of attention to, you know, the, the predicted sea state and where the winds were going to come from for that, that travel across probably Australia's most uh, fearful stretch of water, Bass Strait. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um I would say I definitely sailed more cautiously than than some people may. Um, I'd always look at four different weather models, um, being from Bureau of uh, Meteorology, as well as I was using Critic Wind and, and looking at um, all four weather models on there. And you're sort of taking all this information and then sort of trying... It's kind of like reading tea leaves a little bit, but you sort of... <laughs> Have a look at all four, five. Have a look at what everyone's saying, um, and then you know you you make your um, your choices your choices on that. Um, but yeah, I had a, I had a really good because I did Bass Strait in two hops because I went from Lakes Entrance to Deal Island, and then I was there for a few days, and then went Deal Island over to the Ferno Group, which is Flinders Island area. Um, yeah, I did that a couple of days later. And how was the weather during that passage? Um, well, the first half, because um, Gibbsland Lakes is a, is a bar crossing and, and certainly a bit of a treacherous one, I don't really like going into bars at the best of time because you really dictated to when you've got to be there and when you can leave because of the tide. Um, so I couldn't actually leave. Which doesn't always work with sailboats, yeah. No, no. Once again, I'm only hopping along at five, five to six knots and um, Gab, um, the run to Deal Island was 100 miles, which is yeah, about 16 hours in my boat. Um, I couldn't leave till 12.30 in the middle of the day. So it was basically, it was, it was an overnight run I had it gets why Bass Strait so treacherous is because it's it's open sea, but you're usually only in about forty meters of water, so it's so shallow that you just get this really short and sharp sea state. I had um, on the first part through the night at about twenty knots, pretty much at just ahead of the beam at about seventy degrees, and yeah. You've got about two metre sea state, but they're short and sharp, so they're only at about a three, three and a half second interval. So every three and a half seconds, you've got another two metres of water coming at you. Kept hitting the, hitting the side of the, uh, the freeboard, and yeah, um, I got a little wet. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> and I, I also remember too, uh, about the time uh, that you were down around Hobart, there was a big blow. Uh, that came through a, a low pressure system developed off 
off the Tasmanian coast. You were in port, obviously, at that stage, and I think preparing uh, for your West Coast venture. Um, even just to, even when you're not at sea in conditions like that, it can be a little bit testing on board a yacht. Um, there was certainly a few times where, um, including at Gabo Island, where you're, you're anchored and, you know, if there's not much... Um, of a hill or trees where, where you're anchored, you, you're still anchored in 30 knots of wind. Um, fortunately, I've got really good ground tackle. Um, having good ground tackle is just so important. Like if you've got 30 knots of breeze in an anchorage, like you want to go to you want to go to bed with with peace of mind that your boat's not going to take off. Um, I did always set an anchor alarm. I just just use an app on my phone that just you know pins point GPS, and if your boat moves more than twenty meters, you'll you'll get an alarm. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of the trip, you probably spend more time in port, um, wait waiting for the right weather conditions than you do um, actually out sailing. Yeah. That concludes part one of our chat on high tide with solo sailor Stephen King. In part two, got to meet one of the Golden Globe racers. He was—he got knocked down in the Southern Ocean. He said he had about sixty knots of breeze, with about a six to eight metre sea, running no sails, towing a drogue, and he was downstairs strapped into his bed asleep. <laughs> I'm just going, geez, those wind vanes sound pretty good. Join us again next week when we bring you part two of Solo Sailor. Stephen King's circumnavigation of Tasmania. Afternoons with Brent Bultitude. It struck me that uh, $3 billion is quite an amazing amount. Unfortunately, scams are, um, are on the increase because people are just getting smarter and smarter with scams. The ACCC chair, Katarina Lowe, said this was partly due to scammers using new technology to lure and deceive victims. We've seen alarming new tactics emerge, which makes scams incredibly difficult to detect. Afternoons with Brent Bultitude. Walking regularly to school is a great way to exercise. But until they're 10, children must always hold an adult's hand when crossing the road. Friday the 19th of May is National Walk Safely to School Day. If you can't walk all the way, combine a walk with public transport. If you must use a car, leave it a good distance from school and walk the rest of the way. Find us at walk.com.au, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And remember... Active kids are healthy kids. You know, a flat tyre is no problem at all when you carry the amazing Easy Jack in the boot of your car. With Easy Jack, you can raise and lower the height of your vehicle at the push of a button. Easy Jack comes with its own rattle gun, so you can loosen and tighten those hard-to-budge wheel nuts. Easy Jack simply plugs into your car's 12-volt power source. So go to Easy Jack, that's E-Z-I-J-A-K dot com dot A-U, or phone Rebecca on 0427 it's Ash Barty here. Australian Made Week kicks off on the 15th of May and it's time to champion and celebrate our local makers and growers. Buying authentic Aussie products with the Australian Made logo helps boost our economy, supports local businesses and creates jobs right across the country. So, whether you're doing your weekly shop or buying a gift for someone special, let's back Team Australian Made and look for products carrying the trusted green and gold kangaroo. Because Australian Made makes Australia. 
Now's the perfect time to try Arborvitae because for one week only, get up to 25% off online. Already stocked up on Arborvitae? Get in early for presents for the family or for yourself. Arborvitae sales are rare, so don't miss out. Head to arborvitae.com.au. That's A-R-B-O-R-V-I-T-A-E dot com dot A-U for 25% off or call 1-300-879-863. With Angel Flight, hundreds of needy, seriously ill Australians don't have to spend painful days on the road. Angel Flight pilots fly them there, free of charge, turning miles into minutes. So please... Support the work of Angel Flight or get involved as a volunteer pilot or driver and help bring blessed relief to people who so desperately need some. 2SM has Sydney talking. More of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. It is 18 minutes away from 7 here on High Tide on the Gold Coast today. They're heading for a top of 26 degrees. Love telling weathermen how to do it. Before you get in, what a great interview. How would you like to be at 60 knots? Strapped yeah. down in your bunk, and you're still doing seven or eight knots with a drogue out the back. Unbelievable, isn't it? That, and he was down. He was down in Hobart at the same yeah, time as you, as you were. Yeah. yeah. Um, and 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 a, a bit of a spoiler alert. Stephen's plan is to race in the Golden Globe. Okay. And he's one of those guys. He's an adventurer. He's just such an enthusiastic individual on life. And that's why I thought it would fit into this program. Yeah, that's good. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, he did fish, but he, you know, he doesn't regard himself as a fisherman. Different lifestyle, but, but getting out in the boat is all about. Well, let's go to somebody who goes boating, but not in 60 knots. Paul Burt, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Awesome, awesome! Happy Sunday to everybody around the country. What have, have you got? A public holiday tomorrow? Is it for you guys as well? Just, no, no, we keep Australia. No, no, we keep Australia going. Here, Paul. <laughs> He's awake. Good morning, Kieran. I'm awake. Listen, I'm going to talk to you about one thing. Yeah. Before you get started about all the good fish down there on the Gold Coast, you're up here on the Sunshine Coast as well. But mm. mate, what about lures these days? You know, mm. when we go when we go fishing and Things are a bit different. We always use a bit of scented bait. But what about lures? How do you get them scented? Mate, you, you, what the best thing you do is you, you jump in a condo and you go and get some of the uh, the, 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 uh, the mix, the gulp mix or the um, S-factor mix from uh, from Shimano, and you keep a bottle of that. Now, with a lot of my soft plastics, is what we do. I like to keep them in a uh, an airtight, watertight container. Uh, generally, the, the Mrs. One Mrs. Lunchbox for the kids, and I'll um, I'll fill it with uh, with a with the liquid, whether it's a gulp liquid or anything like that, because you can get the recharge juice. So when you buy your soft plastics, and if you open them up, they smell like a, a filthy bag of, of pilchards. Is that juice is what's really attracting the fish as well? It's got specifically chemical, uh, scientific designed uh, scents to turn the fish on, right? And um, so what you do there is you just fill up those little containers with the uh, juice. And put your plastics in it, and it'll last in there for a, a hell of a long time. And that so way, you're, you're all recharged, ready to go. And if you and if you've got um, if you don't have that little uh, container available or anything like that, is just keep the squidgy S factor in your uh, tackle box or in your tackle bag, and that way you don't need to do that. And that there is more of a gel form, 
and you uh, then just squeeze it onto your finger or whatever, and then just uh, squeeze it onto the uh, rub it onto the plastic, and then you use that. So, mate, that's how I do my plastics. And and the beauty of the S factor that I like is you don't have to just use it on soft plastics. You can use it on squid jigs. You can use it on hard body lures. You can use it on anything. Put it on uh, bait. <laughs> if your bait's not stinky enough, put it on your bait. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. How are you, Blake? I'm good now, Paul. I <laughs> yes, just mate. Have you tried one of those Shimano armor joint, the 190SF Flash Boost Swim Bait Lure? Yes, I have, mate. They are insane. They cast... The casting ability of the uh, of that weight, that lure, is that when it casts, it actually flicks back to itself and projects like a bullet. So a very good lure. I, I do like uh, a lure that is segmented. Uh, I grew up on a lot of lures back in those days. It was the Rapala, um, and it was a it was a, uh, a segmented lure that I'd use for wahoo and mackerel. And I found that particular lure was just intense, and uh, you can't get those things anymore. But uh, of that style. But this one here. Not in Australia anyway, of course, but uh, these ones here, mate, they are awesome on things like your tailor, okay, uh, incredible on tailor, uh, mackerel, any pelagic, dolphin fish or mahi-mahi, anything like that uh, that you just want to flick a, a lure out off the distance, jewfish, you can cast them out off the headlands, you get a good distance to them, but they really have that, that attracting uh, retrieval of a wobble that you want to get your fish onto. The only thing is, they're fifty nine ninety five each. You'd be crying every time you lost one. Oh, mate, I know, I know, and that's the thing is, you you would be crying. Speaking of crying, right? Yes. Yesterday, I wasn't crying yesterday, but yesterday we were doing a film shoot, and there were, there were people everywhere. They were in this very pretty location, and there were hundreds of people swimming, snorkeling. Kids just went past on a uh, from a big snorkel boat. Uh, this is up in Morton Bay, and a big snorkel boat, and uh, they were all attached to this rope with these floats on it. And so there would have been 20 kids. We had to pull our lines in as they swam past. <laughs> so we're catching this. I caught this Chinaman fish. We got it all on camera. Got it, caught this Chinaman fish, which is a rare catch in the bay. But, uh, I don't but, think you're um, allowed to call them that. They are, what? but that's their name, Kieran. They're that's, a Chinaman that's fish, that's and name. you do not eat them. They're, they're no, ciguatera. No. That's right. So we caught this Chinaman fish, which we let go. And uh, but the funny thing was, we're catching these other like we're calling little spangled emperor and little squire and stuff like that, and grassy sweet lips. And as we pull them up and getting them off the bottom, bang! These things would just come through and just smash it, and you'd get railed, absolutely railed. (laughs) And we're going, "You're kidding! We don't know what it is." But we got the Chinaman fish up. They let this thing pass because we can't eat it. Neither can these other fish that were stealing our bigger our fish. They they were they wouldn't eat this Chinaman fish. They knew that it was a bad thing. It was incredible. So eventually, eventually, I put out a lure and uh, just a, a very large lure, and I spun this thing back, and I hooked up, and up came in front of like up came the biggest barracuda I have ever seen in my life. Oh wow! And so and so so as well came up four of his mates, and they just sat at the back of the boat looking at his mate, thinking, "Fred, where, where are you going, mate?" <laughs> so I, I, I pulled the, this barracuda in and basically had to. Hug it. Obviously, I kept its head away from mine. Its teeth were an inch and a half long. It was incredible. It was huge. This thing was five foot long. And uh, look, barracuda smell. We've got a, a bad scent to them, but they're an impressive fish. They're more like a, uh, a Jeremy Wade's uh, river monster, you know, the way this thing was. But having all these people around and swimming and enjoying the day and splashing around, you know, and then, and then this, this, this river monster comes up. Really, really, it was incredible. I'm looking forward to seeing this. So hey, Paul, I can say to you, Paul, hmm. 
is that the Barracudas would have been so concerned about who's this bloke that's released to Chinaman. <laughs> hey, Paul, just yes, getting mate. getting on a Chinaman fish that you can't eat. When we were up at seventeen seventy the other week, we caught a lot of trigger fish. Aye, yes. Yes. Now, mm. interesting. If you read about trigger fish, there's forty different types, and they're saying they're good to eat. Wow. Well, really? I, yeah, that's what I said. I, I've wow. thrown them over the wow. side before, and the seagulls won't touch them, and the sharks won't touch them. So I'm not touching them. Maybe. It's, yeah, it's not a fish that I. No, definitely not. It's not a fish that I would eat. However. Maybe they're confusing the trigger fish with a lot of like leather jackets and stuff like, stuff like that. And again, you've got your Chinaman leather jackets. Of course, they're, they're similar thing, yeah. But they are similar, 100%. But they're similar, but they're not the same. It's like a, um, a Ferrari is similar to a Mini. They're a car, <laughs> but they're not the same. <laughs> uh, you know, they've got, the, they've got four wheels. <laughs> Damn, I was going to sell you a Ferrari later on, but we're out of luck now. He's awake. But... But, but yeah, that, that's right. And, and very, uh, I mean, triggerfish are, they bury their head into the coral too. They can be a bit of a, a mungle to get out of the, out of the yeah. reef at times. They fight well. Um, they do they fight, fight well. They fight exceptionally well. Yes. So do Chinaman fish. Yeah. It seems everything that doesn't want to get eaten um, <laughs> you know, fights harder than the things that need to. But yeah, that, that's interesting there, there, Blake. I'm going to try and get up to 1770 on the next um, run of three day good weather. Yeah, hopefully. So I'll, I'll try and get up there, let you know, mate. But okay. it's um, you know, so the fishing. Well, we've had some pretty rough weather. The last week has been atrocious. Ten days without big high, big winds, all that stuff on the eastern coast. But yesterday has calmed off. This morning's pretty good, and this week's not looking too bad. Some westerly winds forecast tonight. Only ten knots, so it's pretty good. Swell's been up. Coastal bars have been out of control all along the eastern seaboard, pretty much. Um, had that easterly swell. Got that big low sitting deep in the northern Tasman Southern Coral Sea, about thousand probably about 1,800 k's off the coast, long way. But it has been generated enough swell. You can tell that because the swell's coming from the east at 12-second intervals between the sets. So it's really laid out long ground swell. Uh, we've got that early morning high tide now and low tide around lunch. So that's going to bring bad conditions for people. Good for where people are heading out now, but bad when they're returning. So just be aware of those conditions, what they're going to be like if you're listening on board. But... Other than that, mate, um, you know, the offshore grounds have been pretty quiet due to the weather, but I know that dewfish are running on the Gold Coast Artificial Reef, uh, the blocks just northeast of the seaway. Plenty of Mulloway also up off the wrecks off North Stratty and Cathedrals, halfway up North Stratty. 36 Adam Reefs off uh, the Point Lookout region. Plenty of Amberjack off Point Lookout as well, if you can, a few Kingy Bates, uh, Kingy's around the Bates schools. In about uh, 46 metres of water, so you're not that too far out off the point. Um, the Seven's been holding some big wahoo up off uh, South Passage Bar, and there's been some pretty good catches back inshore. I've also Mulloway around the power lines, Kalinga Bank, the Pin, Gold Coast Seaway. Uh, plenty of whiting in the Narang River at the moment. If you're keen to have a crack of those, I'll be trying to council chambers, just use worms, you'll do well. Yabbies if you're keen as well. Uh, there's been nice, nice garfish around the Wave Break High, particularly the, uh, I'd be going the eastern side over the coming days with that westerly wind, it'll be nice and calm. but you love catching garfish, that's the place to be. At the moment, also the northern side of Wavebake around the weed beds, if you had a track there. And the squid, the calamari, are back to cephalopod. They are moving through around Peel Island, Wellington Point of the Bay, uh, up off Brisbane, also down around the Gold Coast Seaway. Arrow squid down around the, uh, uh, what's that be, the sort of Southport, Southport Bridge, Southport Yacht Club, we call it the main channel in that area. Uh, and with the arrow squid, you want to use a normal running ball sinker going down to a swivel, and instead of having a, uh, a hook on the end for like when you're catching brim, you put your squid jig. You need it to be down on the deck. Um, your 2.5 gram jigs would be a 
they're smaller than the 3.5, obviously, but they're a, a jig that's working a lot more consistently for the Yarra squid. And the 3.5s are working better for your bigger tiger squid, the calamari squids up in the bay at the moment. So there's a few fish around. A um, little bit quiet on the surface yesterday in Moreton Bay. Plenty of bait on the inside of Moreton Island. Black oil slicks of frogmouth pilchards, incredible. Nothing going through them. Yesterday was a very quiet day on that side of things. But um, if they got out in the deeper water, I'm sure the tuna and the mackerel would be going pretty severe on Sounds good. Like, oh, oh, there's red claw up in Brumber Dam. I went to uh, Brumber Dam the other day. Good-sized Saratoga, Rao, Pendergast from Anaconda at uh, Evo Park, Everton Park. Got some beautiful fish. We've got some nice bass up there as well. So plenty of that stuff happening if you're interested in uh, doing I that. see uh, Gordo was back out on um, Big Cat Reality last week. Mate, he was. He was. Uh, very, very funny. Um, the boys do a... Uh, they, were, they were heading out. And unfortunately, the um, the weather there, Blakey, was was atrocious. Yeah, I, I saw that. Uh, it was it was horror. It really wasn't a, 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 a nice thing for those fellows. So they had a bit of a rough trip getting out there. Um, so what what happened was um, Drew Argus, who is owns Pro Throw Nets, um, he found it very difficult to even stand up on a boat and get um, and not get seasick. Okay, yeah. he's, he's not a good. He's not a good, good uh, person. I just sent you a video I made there, Blakey, to your phone. Um, so I sent the uh, with the studio here. We managed to to get the Gilligan's Island theme song, <laughs> 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 of which I added him in because there's some uh, things in there, uh, and Gordon Triplett as well yeah. uh, from Garmin. So the boys were in there. And um, have a look at it, mate, and uh, have a bit of a giggle to yourself. I will. <laughs> and Dave, Dave Allen, he's from um, Dave Allen. You know Dave Allen from Allen, uh, Sam Allen Holster? Yes, you know Dave, yeah. Yeah, so Dave, um, you know, he's uh, he's an awesome fella. Um, a little bit, you know, he's uh, an awesome awesome fella, but he didn't get to go out on this particular yeah. trip. So, uh, But I'll, I'll put him in there as well. Good. Good to see. Okay. Now I'll step outside today. Uh, yeah, mate, absolutely. 2.30 this afternoon, stepping outside if you want to go and check it out. Uh, we are doing a little bit of um, sushi tacos, if you've never seen that. Sushi tacos is pretty good. It's um, something different, a different way to cook up tacos yeah. with some sushi. And we're also doing some night fishing for brim uh, to show you guys how to get your rods bent after, after dark. Um, <laughs> so that's going to be fun for you. And, and don't forget his YouTube channel. Kieran, yeah. stay away from the S-Factor. <laughs> See you, Bertie. Thanks, Paul. Guys, have a good one. Okay, bye. Uh, Paulie Bert. <laughs> Crazy. And that YouTube channel, well, worth taking a look at. Step yes. outside. Uh, a very good one. Time to wrap up the program. Heading for tops in the mid-20s today. Further up north, down south, a little bit sketchy Stay, weather-wise. Yeah, sketchy, sketchy yeah. down south. But, you uh, might want to well, Let me give tell you, gentlemen, the, the sun is out. Oh, he's, he's awake. Marichi River is fishing excellent either east and west of the main road bridge and up to the Bly Bly. We look forward to you bringing us back some crabs. <laughs> oh, he's gone. <laughs> is you, you there? No, I'm not. I'm still here. <laughs> You're going to bring him back some crabs or what? Well, I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to the High Tide Program. The podcasts are all up except for the last hour, which I haven't done yet because we're still Have going you. on that. But give me a break. It'll be there in a few moments' time. As Kieran would say, keep your eye on sky and safe boating, everyone. Look forward to coming in next One week. pound to put in Mama's fridge Where the wobbler and the dragonfly Knew us like they knew the river bend 
But as sure as yabbies bite your toes, this boyhood story had to end.